This is the season of Advent, which is a rhythm in the church calendar, where every uh, year churches all over the globe rhythm with the four Sundays before Christmas Day to anticipate the arrival. That's actually what Advent means. And just in my heart as I've been praying for our church, I just thought about a part of the Christmas story that we rehearse and remember and reflect on every year. Where there's this, there's this inn. There's this inn in the story, an inn like a hotel. And not to spoil the whole story, but if you're familiar with the Christmas story, what do they say about the inn? There is no room. There's no room. The inn is remembered in the Christmas story as having no room for the coming king. And I just felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and was like, what if we were the opposite of that? What if in this season we were intentional to make room? To make room. To make room for the presence of God. To make room for the story of Jesus, to make room for the coming king, that we would actually make room. And today my hope is that we'll make room for hope. We'll make room for hope. And so I just want to set the stage for these next few weeks because Advent does mean arrival. It is this story of God that God is initiating, that God is creating, that God is giving life, and God is come in the arrival of Jesus, God in the flesh. God has come in the outpouring of the Spirit, and God is coming. There's a second arrival that we anticipate, so we, like the people of God before in the Old Testament, look to the Scriptures for hope, and we look to the Spirit for hope, and we look to a community for hope. What I think is so powerful in this season in this portion of the calendar year is that we remember the arrival of Jesus. As one of our leaders prayed, Emmanuel, God with us. We receive the arrival of the Holy Spirit, the promise of God for us, and we anticipate the return. We anticipate, which means we don't yet have everything we long for. We don't yet have the fullness of heaven here on earth, which means there are things not yet right. There are things not yet good. There are things in which our lives cry out, come, Lord Jesus, come. We anticipate This portion of the calendar year, the scriptures orient us in some specific ways. We've made all the scriptures for this year's Advent season available on our website. If you go to paralandvineyard.org forward slash connect, you can see where we're headed. But in this rhythm of the calendar, there's an Old Testament scripture. There's a psalm. There's a New Testament scripture. And there's one out of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And when I think about the Old Testament, I think about the people of God, and what we see in the past is the past gives us a perspective for hope. The past gives us a perspective for hope. I was listening to Melanie Forsyth Lee, who's a vineyard pastor, and she gave a wonderful Advent devotional on hope. And it struck me that if we look to the Old Testament, we see a testimony of people who waited on God, 
who believed the prophets and whose story give us a perspective and hope because Jesus came in the flesh. We actually can orient to a perspective of hope. And maybe you can look at your own life, and if you look back, you can see where God met you, and it reminds you the hope and faithfulness of God is the hope and faithfulness we live into today. The present gives us a practice for hope. The present gives us a practice for hope. Is there anything you, like, really hoped for as a kid that you got? Did you have to hope for it anymore? No, because you had it. I don't hope for the things I have. I enjoy the things that I have. And that's where hope is a funny thing. Hope is about the things not yet. And so we orient our life to the giver of good things. We orient our life to the love of God so that we can place our hope in God. We have to practice putting our hope in him again. And the future gives us a promise for hope. Spoiler alert, the end of the story is good news. The thing that is in the depth of who you are, that you long for everything to be good and everything to be abundant and everything to flourish and have life and no more sorrow and no more pain and no more heartache and no more death and no more destruction and no more poverty that longing inside of you calls you home to heaven. And good news, the end of the story is heaven is coming for us. It's coming for us. And the king who makes all things right and all things good and all things new is coming for us. And you can know the living God. The future gives us a promise for hope. And just as we sang this morning, our longing for hope invites us to look to the King of Heaven. I had the privilege of sharing a really meaningful conversation with my wife, Lauren, this week. And we had some time together and we were just sort of talking about life. Reflecting on what we've experienced. Just owning the fact that there's sorrow. Anybody ever experienced sorrow? Yeah? You know what's funny? It might be the reality of sorrow that unites us more than anything. Anybody ever suffered? Once. Anybody just love that? You're like, yeah, I'll just, can we just like spend our whole life suffering? Oh, I just would love more sorrow, please. More sorrow. No. Like, Everybody resists it at all costs, and we'll run from it, and we just try to, like, get through it and beyond it as fast as possible. And I think what it is, is, is and we need to pay attention to that, because what I think is that we, we intuitively, like, in our very beings, our hearts and our minds actually long for heaven. Heaven is the place where it's all good. Heaven is the place where there's no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more death. No more pain. No more tears. And what we're living right now, we have to acknowledge, is not yet heaven. So we, as followers of Jesus, we as those who are beginning to receive 
the first doses and the first outpourings and the reality that there is a king who sits on the throne and we begin to live into the story of heaven here and now, that tension calls us to be a people of hope who will live in the sorrow, who will live in the suffering, who will live in that, but that can point to the giver of hope, that can point to a relationship that sows hope in our hearts, can point to the spirit that has already begun to pour out heaven on earth, and we long for more. This is Advent. This is Advent. We want the king to come. And we know that he's come in Jesus, and we know that he's come in the outpouring of the Spirit, but good news, there's more. So let our hearts long for more. Let our hearts make room for more of heaven. Let our lives make room for more of what God is doing now. And we look for the day that he makes it all right, all good, all new. Even now, let your hearts long for more. And know that that more is found in the living God. And we're going to see that in the scriptures today. So God, we acknowledge the tension of this life. That there is a need for what only you can do. And we want more of it. We want more of you. We want more of your presence. And we want more of your kingdom to come. So as we open up the scriptures, Holy Spirit, meet us as you already have in singing and community. I pray that you would speak to us, that we would make room for you in our lives. Come and be in our midst, in Jesus' name, amen. As we look to the scriptures today, what I, what I want to do in my preaching is invite you on a journey. And I'm actually going to read from portions of all the scriptures, Old Testament, Psalm, New Testament, and Gospel today. And we might not do that every week in our preaching series, but I just want to invite you to let the scriptures come alive and invite us into this story. Because people have journeyed well before us. People are journeying well with us together, right? Following Jesus together. And um, I just want us to turn to Isaiah. This is an Old Testament text, that a prophetic voice that sort of calls us into what God is up to, what God is doing. And so we're going to be in Isaiah 64. And I think the scriptures invite us to make room for hope that's found in the living God. And I just want you to hear the tension where Isaiah is like crying out and you can tell that there's this longing in the voice of the prophet. And you can kind of see that it's not all good yet. And there's real need and there's this real personal feel. And then there's this cry for God to move. And so let's read the scriptures together. And this is Isaiah 64 starting in verse 1. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. That the mountains would tremble before you. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. It's rather subdued language, don't you think? Docile, if you will. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait 
for him. Waiting's our favorite, right? Waiting's the best. You come to help, to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Oh, good news. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. What speaks to you this morning? Where do the scriptures tug on your own heart and mind? What do you find to be good news and what comforts you and what sort of makes you go, ooh, See, if we will just allow the words of God revealed in the scriptures to meet us, season after season, God can speak fresh and new. And what I believe God invites us to do is when we make room for hope, we make room for hope by looking to God. We look to God to be the source of our hope. We look to God to be the giver of life. We actually turn our attention and our affection and we look for where God is. We make room for hope by looking to God. In Isaiah 64, I see the need. I see the longing. I see the struggle. And I see the Savior. Who can save us? Oh, my sins, the struggle is real. Oh, come and rend the heavens. My longing is real. Oh, God, you are our Father. We are but clay in your hands. You are the craftsman, the creator, the artist. You are the potter. We look to you. As we continue in Psalm 80, listen again to the words in the heart of the psalmist and maybe think how you connect with this part of the story. Hear us. Hear us, shepherd of Israel, shepherd of the people of God. You who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Awaken your might. Come and save us. Come and save us. Restore us, O God. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Is anybody just going like, yeah, yes. That's the Spirit of God at work in you with the reading of the Scriptures. Restore us, yes. Is it just me? Maybe it's just me. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get together on this part. Let's read this out loud together. 
How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You're like, wait, God's angry? What? Can you feel the honesty? Can you feel the like embodied reality of the psalmist? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors and our enemies mock us. Some of you are like, where's the good news, Kurt? See, this is the tension. We have to live in the reality that life is sometimes this. Because God loves to meet us in reality. Let's read this last one together. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. See, as we look to God, as we make room, and we look to God, what I think we need to realize is this. Our hope is in his saving power, not ours. Our hope is in a God who longs to save humanity. It's good news. But what's always the flip side? Why can our hope be in a saving God? What do we all need? To be saved. To be saved. So we operate in the reality that there is actually things that need saving. I need saving from myself. I need saving from Sin. I need saving from heartache and pain and brokenness. I actually need a story where there is a Savior because I cannot save myself. And my question to you this morning is, can you save yourself? As you think about your own life story, when it's all said and done, can you save yourself? Do you have the way to give your life beyond life, to give yourself life beyond this life, to have power over death. Which brings me to my next question. Are you all powerful? Is there a superhero among us that we just don't know? See, this season of Advent invites us to reflect on our frailty and our humanity, our need for something more than self, our need for something more than consumerism, our need for something more than Whatever the world is telling us will make it all right. Because season after season, the world offers you things and stuff that's man-made. And season after season, the scriptures offer us the living God. Our hope is in the saving power of the living God. It's interesting to, it's interesting exercise to preach. Because you want a room to connect and to experience God's presence. And if I'm just completely honest, there, there are two things that I would love for you to discover. I would love for you to discover that the Holy Spirit will meet you personally. That God's voice and God's presence is actually available to you in real time right now. Right now. 
And that that would grow so that when you're not here, you would know the Holy Spirit is present for you. That you would know the saving power of God is in the reality of God and the presence of God with you all the time. I want you to know the presence of God all the time. That's way better than any, like, thing you might hear me say. Because the statistics say you forget this by Monday. But the Holy Spirit can keep speaking. The Holy Spirit can stay with you. So we want you to experience the Holy Spirit in this time. So we're practicing God's presence together. And I actually want you to discover you can encounter God in scriptures. Because the scriptures can be with you all the time. You can take them with you. And you can allow God to speak to you. And you can discern the character and the heart of God. And here's what I mean by that. I want us to read Psalm 80 verse 17. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand. The son of man. That's the phrase Jesus used of himself when he was here walking the earth. The son of man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. What stirs in you as you hear those verses out of the scriptures? Like if you had to come up here and preach, what would you say? If those were the two verses you got, or the three verses you got, 17, 18, and 19, and you read the scriptures, what would you tell your friend? How would you put that in your heartfelt, life-changed voice? What do you connect to? What do you hope for? Can I tell you what I love about those verses? Here's mine. You ready? This is my preaching moment on these verses. Not because it's me, but because it's the scriptures. It's the voice of God for us. Our hope is in God's personal care. Our hope is in God's personal care. God wants to be personal with you. God wants to care for you. Turn to the person that's sitting most close to you and just look at each other awkwardly. Give each other eye contact. Like, just turn to someone, eye contact. Do you know what that's called? That's called face-to-face. Restore us, Lord God Almighty, and make your face shine on us. God wants to be face to face with you. We have been made in the image of God. God is revealed, embodied in Jesus. God is poured out by the Holy Spirit. God wants to be face to face with you every day and give personal care to your life. This is the hope of my heart. Revive me today, O God. Restore me, O God. Give me your very face that I might receive care from you. This is how God wants to live with us in the tension of the already God can be face to face with us, not yet, it's not heaven for eternity. Can we get an amen on this? This is good news. This is the hope we offer the world, that the living God came in Jesus, that the living God is revealed in the Holy Spirit, and that the living God is coming again. Oh God, you are our Father, and you love us, and you want to revive us, and restore us, and renew us, because you care for us. If there was no pain or no sorrow, we would need no care. Let's try that again. If there was no pain and no sorrow, we would need no care. But God wants to care for us because there is pain and sorrow. 
but yet our hearts long for heaven. And guess what we have? We have the story of heaven. And we have a Jesus that says, look, heaven comes in the flesh. Heaven comes on earth. And we say, oh God, restore us and revive us and let your kingdom come. Come care for me that I would know how to care for the people around me. Come care for me that I could share that hope with the person I'm at work with, my roommate, my kids, my neighbors. Oh, Advent is good news for us, church. It is good news. And I love in this psalm, they, they say, oh God, you shepherd your people. You shepherd your people. We are safe in your care. It makes me think of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. See, as we make room for the living God, as we make room for God's saving power, we get to make room for his care. And the care of God comes into my life. And the care of God comes into a community that we then have hope to share. This personal care just continues in 1 Corinthians 1. I'm going to read a portion of it. You can go read all 3 through 9, but... I love what it says. It says, He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. Who has called you into fellowship with his Son Jesus Christ, our Lord. The saving power is personal care. And it is a faithfulness for this day. And it is a faithfulness for the day that he comes back. See, because our hope is in his coming again. Our hope is in his coming again. We live between two advents. We live between the first arrival of Jesus, born in a manger, on the earth, embodied flesh, crucified, buried, and resurrected because he's coming again. Our hope is that the king of heaven is coming again to make all things right to make all things good and so what I want us to do is practice this hope we have as we come to communion and I, I just want to be really clear why we're doing this week after week after week because at the communion table we remember Jesus we remember that the cry of our heart is for heaven. We remember that the cry of our heart is revive us, restore us, save me from my sin. We can repent every time we need to repent. And we can turn to God again and again and again. We can get face to face with the God who loves us. And we... we anticipate what Jesus said, that this meal is a meal Jesus longs to share with us when he comes again 
at the eternal banquet feast of heaven. This practice, if you're new to faith, this is an invitation to sit at the table with Jesus. If you're exploring faith and you go, I I don't know, maybe maybe I'm actually going to make room for a personal relationship with God for the first time ever, where I look to God for all things. I look to God for the hope of my life. I actually make an ultimate decision to follow Jesus. This meal reminds you you're being invited to family because families share meals. You're being invited to a meal because God embodies. It's like an embodied experience. It's taste and see that the Lord is good. Communion points our attention to the hope we have that heaven is real. The living God is alive and is coming again. We look with hope to the second advent. We look with hope. What would it look like for you to come to this table and really think about being face-to-face? If you are face-to-face with God right now, if you are face-to-face with Jesus, maybe it's a little easier to picture Jesus because you've seen artwork of Jesus and you you think, well, Jesus was like human. Not really sure what God the Father looks like. We were made in God's image just to help us all out. Jesus reveals the Father. I'm inviting the whole room. Anyone who wants to come in faith and you go, God has what I need. This is a place to receive what God has for you today. And I just want you to hear. I don't want us to get caught up in dates. I don't want you to worry about that. I want you to hear the gospel because the gospel, I think, points to what this invitation actually is. This is going to be in Mark 13. I'm just going to read it. It's not going to be on the screen. Maybe you close your eyes and just picture being face-to-face with Jesus. These are the words of Jesus. He says, but in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his people from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And so here's our charge. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. 
Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Watch. Wait with hope. Look for the living God. Grow in your experience of his power and his personal care that we would be face to face and when we see him coming, we would know. And we point as a people full of hope that Christ is coming again. Let's stand. Communion invites us to remember. Communion is a place we watch. We, we practice turning our attention to the one we need. Communion is where we receive what only God can give. Come receive today. Come receive care for whatever's going on in your life. What I'm actually going to invite us to do is we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer. And then everyone will be invited to come and receive the bread and the cup. And I just want you to go back to your seat. And I'm actually going to invite us collectively across the room. I'm going to let you receive the bread and the cup when you're ready. You might need to pray. You might want to wait. So you can take the elements. We'll take them as a family. But sometimes when you eat a meal, not everybody eats every bite together. But we're eating together at the table. And then we're going to just respond with some ministry time. So let's pray this prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's say the bread together. The bread. The body of Christ given for us. And the cup. The blood of Christ given for us. Everyone is welcome to come in faith in Jesus to receive the love of God for what we need. Come and receive the bread and the cup. Take them back to your seats and receive them when you're ready. And then I'll close us with some ministry time.
So as we're sitting in God's presence, I just invite you to get comfortable. And there's a couple specific invitations I just sensed from the Lord this morning. We want to pray for you. And the first is, um, some of you, and, and when I say this, you're actually going to know, like you'll just know, like this is absolutely me. You have a deep, longing for heaven like you have you have just long like you long for heaven in ways that sometimes just doesn't it's like hard to articulate and communicate and it sometimes can make the reality of this life actually harder the sense that i have is that to to know to be able to point to the longing you have for heaven and know the God that loves you and is, is working that for your good. I just actually supposed, I just feel like we're supposed to pray for you and pray that that longing would be contagious. It would actually be a gift you have to give to others, that you would actually begin to invite people into the story that God's writing. And so if that just makes sense to you, you don't have to do anything other than I just think receive God's love and, and nearness right now. And so God, we just bless that longing in people's hearts. Just those who are in the room, and, and they just know, like, they long to be in your presence. Not like metaphorically face-to-face, -face, they long for the day where they behold your glory. God, I pray that would be contagious in this day and time. Oh, it's good news. And as we just prayed, you pray for us to long for heaven on earth. And so we pray that that would be an answered prayer. Let it be an answered prayer. I also just, again, just in this season of waiting, um, for those of you who have really been in a long season of waiting, and it's been hard to see God, if you could write a psalm right now, it might be colorful. You're just, it's just been a long wait. It's been a long road. It's been sorrow. It's been, I just want to pray that you would know God's care and God's power. And so God, we just pray for those who are waiting and it's just, it's been really, really difficult. It's been a long suffering 
It's been a long sorrow. It's felt really far from heaven. We pray for your care. We say, Lord Jesus, come by your spirit. Just even now, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would just begin to meet you with love that's tangible, with love that's experiential, with love that's maybe intellectual as much as emotional. We just say, come with your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you're a God who cares. We want to receive from you. We want to receive from you. So let's do this. I want to invite you to take a posture. We're almost done. So let's stand. And I've got one last invitation for us. Uh, God is the giver of all good things. And uh, sometimes when I'm in a posture of receiving from God, I'll just open my hands just to kind of take an active posture of receiving. If you're here today and you just want to actually make more room in your life for God, I just want to bless that desire in you. Um, And so you don't have to do anything. Like, you can just go, yeah, God, that's what I want. And you can just begin to, but if you just feel like, actually, God, yeah, I, I want to open myself to what you want to give me. I would just invite you to take a posture, just open hands, palms up. And if that just makes sense to you, just receive what God wants to do. And so, God, we just as a church family, we just say you have what we need. And so we ask, God, that for those of us who are really desiring for more of you, we have a need in our life that only you can meet. Or we just actually want more of what you're doing. We want to make room in our lives. We just say, God, would you come and pour your spirit out? Would you come and show us what it looks like to look to you and to receive care from you and to experience your power? We want to open our lives to you. We want to make room, Holy Spirit. So we say, come. Pour out your love. Pour out your life. Pour out your encouragement. Pour out heaven In us, through us, we pray. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. 